President Sir Ramaphosa um, gave his speech last night on plans to fix South Africa's energy crisis. And um, on this one, I'll be joined by the DA's Kevin Mailam, an independent and also an independent political commentator uh, who is Netemba. And of course, I did extend the invitation to other parties, but of, uh, they did not actually um, come through to the part. And uh, in that case, we are still giving them the platform, I mean, a chance to come through if they, f- they are feeling that are willing to do so. But uh, without wasting much of the time, I think I have been joined by my guests on the line. Good afternoon to you, my good sir, Mr. K- Mr. Kevin Milam. Welcome to FM and welcome to Drive Time. All right. And uh, also, Snetemba, welcome to Drive Time and good afternoon to you. Thank you very much. Um, good afternoon to you and um, the fellow panelists. All right. So the President Ramaphosa gave a speech last night on his plans to fix South Africa's energy crisis. And um, I, I just want us to, to start on that one um, for, for, with you, Mr. Mr. Milam. What actually stood out on you? Or maybe, what is your takeaway from this conversation of, of last night? Well, first of all, we welcome the President's uh, address last night. We welcome the fact that he has seen the urgency of this matter, that he has finally seen the crisis that this is for our country and for our economy. You know, we're running at 46% unemployment. We're running at 7.5% inflation rate. uh, And it's becoming a major, major crisis and has been uh, on the cards for the last 15 years. So for the president to finally wake up and see that this is an emergency and needs to be dealt with, that's very, very welcome. But what he proposed last night was very much straight out of the DA playbook. It's what we've been saying for years and years and years. We've been saying, focus on ESCOM. Maintain and repair the existing plant at ESCOM. We've been saying, open up the grid to independent power producers. Let's get as much generation capacity on the grid as we can. We've been saying, incentivize households and businesses who want to bring rooftop solar to the to the um, municipal distribution. So all of those things are things that, oh, and then the other thing is we've been saying uh, slash the red tape and the bureaucracy. All those things we've been saying for years. So I really, really welcome that. What concerns me is that uh, there they, they weren't really clear, detailed plans and, and objectives stated, and there were no timelines given. So we don't know how long this is, is going to take. I'm hoping that uh, we can see this come online as quickly as we possibly can, that we will see this in the next 18 months. We will see a radical change, um, and we will be monitoring that very, very closely. All right. Yeah, actually, you have spoken out, uh, I mean, you have spoken about, uh, you know, the things that you proposed to them um, for, 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 for a very long time. And um, I just want to jump into that quickly. Um, the the ESCOM the crisis that we have right now, load shedding that we have right now, it is, I believe, something that we inherited for a very long time. Um, was it not possible at that time to address this issue or maybe what was prohibiting um, the process of uh, end, putting an end to the ESCOM's problem? Because right now, as I see, we, have, we are currently at... Um, we are standing at... How, how much is this? At uh, 392 billion rand debt. Load shedding crisis was foreseen as early as 1998. The 1998 white paper on energy said there's going to be a shortage of electricity in 2007 if you don't build new generation. And it called for multiple sources of of electrical generation uh, and and everyone bought into the 1998 white paper on energy. But the ANC government did nothing. 
And then along came 2007, and we had a shortage of energy because we had no new generation. Mm. So we had the first load shedding at the end of 2007. We've had 15 years of load shedding now. And all the way uh, since then, we've been saying, do this, repair ESCOM's plant, do this, uh, bring independent power producers online, do this, incentivize rooftop solar, do this, get rid of, of, of red tape and bureaucracy. And it's been largely ignored by successive ministers of energy. And I'm not blaming uh, – ESCOM has its own, its own set of problems, okay? So I, I don't want to talk about that. I mm. want to talk about the minister of energy, mm. um, the successive ministers of energy, uh, the latest one being Gwede Mantashe, yes. who have brought an ideological spin to the problem and said, we're not going to do this because it doesn't align with our ideology. Forget about what the country needs. We don't want to bring in private generation because it takes away from state control. It takes away from the state's uh, big dream of, of a centrist uh, dominated uh, economy. And so they, they, they've rejected that. Mm. It's only now, and we, we, could have done, we could have done exactly what was proposed last night, yes. 15 years ago. We could have done it five years ago. We could have done it a year ago and we would be in a better place than we are now. At least it's now happening. Okay. Okay. So now uh, let me come to you, Snetemba. What caught your ear on this speech? Um, thank you very much um, once more. Um, good afternoon to you and um, the listeners and, you know, uh, the colleagues. Um, you know, what caught um, my eye yesterday is that, you know, uh, the president, just like many of his speeches, uh, they are just playing without, you know, uh, timelines. And, you know, um, the president has become a person who just, you know, uh, would come with plans without timelines and implementation. Uh, but also, with that being said, you know, I agree with my colleague uh, that, you know, he took, you know, out of the DA's, you know, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, uh, DA's plan. Because that's what the DA has been proposing for a very long time. Mm. And you must also remember that um, my, my other issue is the question of privatization. Mm-hmm. What he did yesterday day was to go there and to inform, you know, um, you know, people in the private sector who have always wanted to have a stake on ESCOM to say that now it's about, it's about time where, you know, uh, you know uh, ESCOM is going to privatize so that you can benefit. Mm. All right. Including those, including those, you know, including those who benefited. In fact, those who donated, you know, in the CR17. Mm. Okay, so now, I just want to come into this privatization issue. Um, if it happens that uh, the ESCOM get to be privatized, um, are the people at the low level, or let's say in, in the rural communities, are they going to afford the ESCOM? I mean, because even even the the the, the, the government institutions also they are failing to pay um, this this electricity that we have right now. And when we have privatized the institution, is it going to be, you know, helping anything here? Well, can I come in on this? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Let me start by saying that's not what's on the table. No one's talking about privatizing ESCOM. Mm. What we're talking about is bringing in additional generation capacity to allow ESCOM the space it needs to recover and rebuild its plant and generation capacity. So all this talk about privatization is just a red herring. Um, We're saying that we need additional generation. ESCOM doesn't, you you quite rightly said ESCOM has 392 billion rands worth of debt. They Mm. they don't have the, the financial resources. They don't have the staff. They don't have the, the, the um, capacity to build new generation at this time. 
So it needs to come from elsewhere, and that will give them an opportunity to, to ramp back or, or, or downscale some of their plants and, and, and do the necessary maintenance so that they can keep the lights on and can continue to provide to, to poor households. That's the first part. The second is that indigent people in South Africa are afforded free basic services, and part of that is electricity. Now, that is generally handled by the municipalities, um, and uh, so they won't be affected by, by uh, any private supply of electricity because the, 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 the private supply would supply to the municipality who still get part of, of their uh, uh, funding from national government to mm. provide free basic services for indigent households. All right. Uh, Snetemba, you wanted to say something as well there. Yes, no, I, I wanted to say uh, uh, that's how privatization starts. Uh, and, 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 you know, with, with the issue of uh, the president, remember the president was the leader of business when he was the deputy president. Mm. And now, yesterday when he addressed the nation, he addressed the nation as if he was someone who who came from who came elsewhere who didn't know what was happening. Mm. What Hansa was saying earlier on that I agree with my colleague that the things that he was saying yesterday is things that they should have been done a long time ago. Mm. So, 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 so also, uh, my issue again is the question of timelines because our people need electricity. People are tired of you know uh, uh, load shedding. Yes, but he does not give us timelines as to when these plans are going to be implemented. Mm. And also, take it for instance in our, in our, in our municipalities. Our people cannot or are struggling to afford electricity now. Yes. So now when you bring private people who are going to, uh, uh, you know, uh, um, obviously the government is going to come in in terms of capping, NASA is going to come in in terms of capping what should be charged and so on. Mm. But the fact of the matter is, when private people are involved, they are there to make business. Mm. So if people cannot afford now, it's going to be even worse when there's some private individuals involved. And that is my argument. All right. Okay, so I just want to come back here to a nuclear um, nuclear power, nuclear power, which is is uh, is one of the futuristic thing. Uh, we see that France, China, Russia, and uh, many other countries, um, you know, they are going back to nuclear power. So, even the president, former president Jacob Zuma, also um, had a plan on nuclear energy. Why was it rejected? Um, so I can start with you, Mr. Mr. Kevin. Okay. So it was rejected for a couple of reasons. First of all, um, there was a court case that said that they hadn't followed proper process to to implement that. But if you go back to the bigger picture, South Africa can't afford to build a new nuclear power plant. It's going to cost us probably in the region of, I'm guessing now, about a trillion rand to, to build a new nuclear power plant. And it mm. would take 15 years plus to build. Mm. To put that in perspective... Uh, in France, there's a, a nuclear power plant called Flamanville, and they have been building one reactor. It's already got two reactors. They've been building uh, the third reactor for the last 12 years. Mm. Uh, in, in Britain, again, another massive power plant called Hinkley, and, and there they've also been building additional reactors. Also, long over budget, uh, long over time, time frames and, and way over budget. Um, and and so we're seeing that that nuclear is not a short-term solution; it's a long-term solution. Mm. It's something that 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 we can we can look at once we've stabilised the situation, mm. once we've got uh, enough electricity on the grid, and we can say, okay, we need to decommission five power stations because they they're now at end of life, and mm. we have many that are are at end of life. 
that are 35, 40, 45 years old. Um, Kuburg, which is, 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 is uh, due, it, its license expires in 2024, our nuclear power plant in Cape Town. Its, it's operating license expires in 2024. They're going to have to extend that to, to make it, uh, to allow it to stay on the grid. Mm. They need to extend the operating license, but to do that, they've got to do massive upgrades to it. Those haven't taken place yet. So my argument is that while nuclear remains uh, an option down the line, we can't afford it right now. That's the first thing. And secondly, we, we don't have the time to wait to build a nuclear power plant. We need to get more electricity on the grid right now. Mm. Okay, but now the, the problem is that this, this uh, nuclear plan was actually rejected without a substitute on it. Sorry, without what? A substitute. Uh, look, 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 my brother, the, the issue is um, yes. it, it depends who, want, who, 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 who stood to benefit at the time. Okay. You must recall that at the time, uh, it, it's when so-called uh, state capture was at its highest peak mm. and the Gutas were at helm and they stood to benefit and they allegedly stood to benefit together with those who were closer to Jacob Zuma. Mm. Now, and, and at the time again, Cyril Ramaphosa was there as the deputy president. But now the issue is, again, who stands to benefit? And those who stand to benefit are pro-nuclear, uh, uh, are pro this nuclear project. And I believe also that it should have been done a long time ago. And it would have, at least I know that it would have been done over a year or two. Mm. But at least would have made some strides in terms of trying to uh, establish this nuclear plan as it does in the future. The issue was who stood to benefit at the time. The reality of the matter, even now, with this nuclear plant project that Suleiman uh, uh, spoke of, is that he's getting pressure from those who funded his campaign. Okay. Who benefit? All right. Uh, we, we are losing you there, uh, Brother Sinatemba. I'm not sure if you can still hear me. I can hear you. All right. Okay, so let me just jump into something else here quickly. Uh, I, I remember Minis, um, Mini, Mineral Resources and Energy Minister Gwede Mantashe questioned the skills of ESCOM CEO Andre uh, Deruta on this one. So I just want to jump in into that quickly as well. Um, in this case, why are we questioning the skills of the employees right now when we had the situation or maybe the problems long time ago? I think that the, the issue with the... Uh, Mr. Mantashe is that you could put anyone there and he wouldn't like who is in charge of ESCOM. The problem is Andre Dereta and his management team are caught between a, a rock and a very hard place. Uh, they, they've got a, an entity that has been failing over many years, that has not been delivering, that has, has uh, run itself into massive debt mm. and is not able to recover the, the, the finances that they need from the municipalities. So that's, that's on the one hand. On the other, you've got a government and, and, and a, a, a population who are saying, give us electricity, give it to us now. Mm. And so Dorator is caught in a very, very difficult position in that no matter what he does, no matter who he is, no matter how capable he is, he's never going to be able to satisfy those demands. Um, and I think that, I think that the, the reality is we need to give ESCOM a little bit of time to do what it needs to do to 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 recover, mm. they need to be. You know, one of the problems that they've got is they've got right now about fifteen thousand megawatts of unplanned outages at any given time. Mm. So, so that's a whole lot of of generating units that are offline 
not because they're being maintained, but because they've had a problem of some sort. And they have that problem because they're being run flat out all day, all night. So what we need to do is, as I said earlier, bring in additional generation capacity outside of ESCOM that would then allow ESCOM to, to turn off those units and do what maintenance they need to do, to do the planned maintenance, to change the parts that are starting to wear or whatever it might be, mm. and, and, and do what needs to be done so that they can get their, their uh, energy factor. This is one of the, the key, key uh, metrics, one of the key measurements. Mm. is for ESCOM is, is what is called energy availability factor. All right. So and this is now yeah. where, where the um, sourcing, sourcing of power from Zambia and Botswana comes in, right? Well, it's one of the options. Uh, look, I think it's, I think it's an idea that, that is being thrown around without people really understanding what, what we're talking about here. Mm. South Africa has always imported power. You know, we import power from Mozambique every day, yes. from Kohora Basa Dam. Yes. Uh, we, we're part of what is called the SADC power pool. And so we buy and sell electricity. When we've got excess, we sell electricity into the power pool. And when we need, we buy from the power pool. Mm. So I don't think there's any, anything new there. Uh, it's another one of these red herrings. Mm. What we need to do is fix what we've got in ESCOM mm. and build new generation capacity. All right. Uh, Snetemba? Look, I agree with my colleague uh, to, to a certain extent when he says that you could put anyone there. But the mistake that, uh, you know, uh, the government and the president, when the rector was uh, appointed, he was, you know, uh, positioned as someone who was going to save us or stabilize the situation. And mm-hmm. the man is failing because, uh, and, and I agree with the minister when he says the rector is not a fixer. He's someone who, who, who should have been brought when, you know, uh, uh, the, the utility had already been stabilized. So, so we need. I mean, I'm happy when I'm, I'm happy when uh, the I was happy when the president said, uh, you know, there are engineers, you know, uh, experts that are going to put in to come and assist. Because the rate, unfortunately, is not is not is not a, 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 one of the people who are going to assist us. And if I, if I was the pres- if I was the president, I would have removed or recalled him already because he's not assisting the situation. Not that because he's incapable, but because ESCOM structurally is in a mess. Mm. And he's not a person who's going to stabilize it anytime soon. So we need someone who's got the technical and know-how, and also someone who has worked at, 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 sorry, at ESCOM, who knows what is happening and what are the issues there. Lovely. Okay, so just one last, one last question here from one of the viewers who says that, how will South Africans afford solar panels when unemployment rate is super high? People are praying for, I mean, are praying to receive 350 relief grants. I don't know who's going to start first there. Let me start with that one. Yes. So I think that, that when we're talking about solar panels, we're talking about uh, middle and, and upper income households. We're talking about businesses. We're talking about industry. We're not talking about uh, poor households that, that can't afford to, to feed their children or, or, or get to work or maybe not get to work because they're unemployed. Um, that's not who, who the solar panels are aimed at. What the idea is that... By putting solar panels on roofs, you ease the demand. In other words, you, you, because you don't need to generate so much because they're generating for themselves, uh, ESCOM and, and the independent power producers don't need to 
to to be run as hard and don't need to produce as much mm. um, because the demand is lowered. So you'd be looking at, at middle to, to upper income households. Mm. The, the, the problem is it needs to be incentivized. It needs to be incentivized by making it easier. In other words, getting rid of the red tape, getting rid of the bureaucracy, incentivizing them that way, but also incentivizing them with feed-in tariffs. And those feed-in tariffs need to be uh, uh, something that, that would be attractive to make people want to go out and invest in solar panels. You know, for, a, for a, an average household uh, that's using 900 kilowatts a month, you, you're probably looking at about 175,000, 200,000 rands worth of investment in solar panels. Mm. Uh, that's a lot of money. Yes. But it would be repaid over seven or eight years if, if the tariffs were, the feed-in tariffs were, were uh, attractive. Now, to put all of that in perspective, Vietnam did exactly what I'm, I'm saying. They, they, they reduced the, the red tape and the bureaucracy and they made those feed-in tariffs attractive. And in one year, they added nine gigawatts of rooftop solar. Mm. Now, that's, that's enough to wipe out load shedding completely in South Africa. All right. But okay. you need to make it attractive. All right. Um, Snetemba, you're, you're parting shots? You know, I just want to say, um, you, know, uh, you know, again, our you know, uh, poor people have been forgotten. And, you know, the ANC government led by Cyril Ramaphosa, you know, is not doing any justice. Because as, as my colleague has just put it now nicely, he says, you know, we are looking at about 100 and some, and our people are not going to afford that. And then, and, and, and then it means, and, and if you check, you know, the tariffs are going up every year. So our people are struggling now. So it means then our people are still going to continue, you know, uh, to struggle in as far as electricity is concerned, whilst the richer and those who can afford are going to be able to access, you know, electricity. It's like now we're going back to the olden days where there was a section, you know, of a society that could afford these kind of things and, 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 and get access to them whilst the others can't. All right. Um, uh, Mr. Mr. Mailam, you're, you're, you're parting shots. I just want to say that one of the things that we haven't touched on is this National Energy Crisis Committee that uh, President Ramaphosa is proposing establishing inside yes, the president. Yes, yes, we, we are are concerned that this is another talk shop. It's, it's made up of, of ministers who have a, a track record of failure with regard to electricity generation. It's made up of directors general who have a track record of failure. So we're calling on Parliament. We, we wrote to the Speaker of Parliament today and we called on her to establish an ad hoc committee to, to provide oversight over that energy crisis committee to make sure that there are clear terms of reference, clear objectives and defined milestones so that we can make sure that they are delivering what they're promising they do, they're going to deliver. Beautiful. Thank you my, uh, very much, gentlemen, for, for, for your time this afternoon. Thank you. Lovely. Thank you. Lovely. All right, uh, that was uh, Mr. Ke- Kevin Mailam, who is the DS Shadow Minister of Mineral Resources and Energy, and of course, Asine Temba Sodati, who is also a independent political commentator.